Hi, everybody. This is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, Day 137. It's now been three years, three months, and 16 days since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And I decided against hiking today as I hurt my knee house cleaning. That's right. My mortifying, dusty house of horrors is actually dust-free. But since it took so much out of me to get it that way, we're back at my local park so I can walk on a flatter trail and ponder what to let go of on my way over to our old friend, the trusty podcast, Rock. And after we listen to our inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, I'll figure out what the heck I'm letting go of today. Anyway, I'll thank the BCs who responded to my sad Mother's Day blog post, update you with some comments from our old friend and fellow BC, Dave, who's the talented writer of Dave and the Robot Aliens, an audio drama we did with professional voice actors on day 120, and we'll wrap up with some thoughts from Donnie about day 136 and an announcement about upcoming podcast timing. So stay tuned while we listen to Josh, and then I'll walk around and let you know what I'm letting go of today. But I'm letting go, I'm letting go, it's a history that never really grows, I'm letting go, I'm letting go, it's a silent wind that never Coming live from the podcast rock, it's Lori's Letting Go segment. Yes, BCs, I was going to walk around the park and ponder as I walked because I love to do that. However, today there was too much construction going on and too much traffic, so the noise was just a little bit more than... I could deal with with this recording. So I came over here to the podcast rock and I haven't been here since we did the finale. Oh, what? Almost two years ago for day 120. And, you know, I almost got lost on my way to the podcast rock because they've been doing some brush clearing and moving things around. But I did find it and the view is pretty similar to what I'm used to. And I'm happy to be here and talking with you again. And Josh, here's a smooch for you. Because I always love having the opportunity to listen to that inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go. And today, I had a thought about what I want to let go. I'm just not sure how to describe what that is. So I'll have to tell you a story and maybe that will help me. My friend Joanne and I went to a marketing conference for a couple of days. So we spent the night and listened to a bunch of talk. And as part of that process, they said we were going to have a cocktail party and so bring cocktail attire. Well, darn it, cocktail attire. That's not something that I have as a retired compulsive eater who had all different sizes of everything and has been living pretty much in hiking clothes, bike clothes, and jeans. That's pretty much what I've been living in. And Mark sold t-shirts. And I thought, oh, this is just a big pain. So I went to the department store and I tried on clothes and that's not my favorite thing to do because no matter what size I am, I'm never exactly the same size because my top and bottom are different and I'm really long-waisted and la, 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 la. I'm somebody who can't 
safely order something online usually. I have to try stuff on. And trying stuff on from my history is not something I like to do. I'm usually disappointed. But come to find out, I bought this cocktail dress. It was on a really good sale, which made me happy. My thrifty heart beaten. <laughs> made me so happy to buy this dress on sale. And it fit, and it was comfortable, and it was stretchy a little bit, so I could see that it was gonna, if I went up a few pounds, it'd be still be good. If I went down a few pounds, it'd still be good. And I really liked this dress. So I was very pleased with myself. And I packed it all up in the garment bag and, and took it with me to this conference. Well, come to find out, the cocktail party was not the type whereby you get dressed up. We just went after our regular daily meetings and had a drink. So I thought, well, shoot. Now here I went to all this trouble to buy a cocktail dress, and when in the world am I ever going to need this fancy pants dress ever again with my life? Well, my fake son Steve had his 40th birthday. It was a fancy to-do, and guess what? I had a great dress to wear. Then, and these are words I never thought I was ever gonna say, my agents were in town and they threw a cocktail event at a place downtown and you needed to have cocktail attire. And guess who had cocktail attire? I did. I, Lori Weaver, perennial slob and comfort gal, had a cocktail dress that fit and shoes that went with it all because i had to pre-plan to have cocktail attire for this marketing event so even though i didn't use my cocktail dress for that event i was prepared to have a cocktail dress for these other two events i didn't have to stress i didn't have to worry and it got me to thinking why did i never buy a nice dress for myself quote, just in case, unquote. Do you go out buy nice clothes for yourself just in case? Well, I bet that most of us that have eating issues don't like to go out and buy clothes just in case, or maybe we would buy clothes that are too small so we can try to force ourselves to stay on our diet and get into them. Raise your hand if you've done that. That's never a good idea, never. <laughs> At least in my opinion, never a good idea. But that's more like, you know, the carrot and the stick. That's more of the stick if we're buying clothes on purpose too small to try to force ourselves to get with the program and, and fit into them. This is more of a reward. This is like, as the size I am, going out and buying something for myself just in case something good happens. A nice party happens, an event happens, an occasion where I can get dressed up and feel good about myself. And I can't even count on my hands and toes and all the branches here on the tree above the podcast rock how many times I've been in a panic when I get invited to a social event because I have no idea if something's going to fit and as I said earlier it's not easy for me to run to the store usually and find something to fit me. Oftentimes, finding something to fit me involves getting something that's a couple sizes too big and then finding a tailor to take it in in the right places or hem it, cut it off. It's really, really rare that I can find clothes that fit me off the rack, no matter what I weighed. And you can go see all my weight pictures and see I was very thin and I was very big and I've been everything in between. But no matter what size I was, I never could buy clothes easily. So 
Usually for me to go get some business clothes or a fancy dress of some sort meant really going in panic mode and having a struggle. And I never ever put myself through that if I didn't have to. In other words, if I don't have the invite that says, Lori, you must have this nice dress, it never crossed my mind to go in a casual, relaxed way to go get a dress and go to the tailor if need be or whatever so that it would be there just in case something good happened. So I think that's sort of what I'm trying to let go is preparing only for negative things. You know, like in California, we're prone to earthquakes. So most people have an earthquake emergency kit at home and at work and in the trunk of their car where we keep flashlights and emergency food and extra water and things like that. You know, we prepare for this emergency or we prepare to be disappointed. Like I send my voice acting auditions in and I just assume I'm not gonna get the job. That's just my attitude. Well, how good a read do you think I do if I'm already just assuming like, what's the point? Why should I do this? I'm not going to get the job anyway. That's hard to be like, you know, positive, upbeat, good energy, if that's what you're going to assume. What if I went to the mic and assumed like, wow, I'm really great for this job and I'm going to do my best to embody this character and this story and make it come alive for the listener. That would be assuming the best. I'm the perfect voice for this job. And if I went and did my reads in that way, which do you think would give me a better shot at booking the job? And I think it follows through with our lives, right? How many times do you go on a diet and so you get rid of all the food in your house that you shouldn't eat because you're assuming that if you see this food that you're gonna fall off the wagon and have a binge or do something like this. Now I understand why we assume that because I've done that before many, many times but we kind of make these plans like, well, if I don't do this, I'm going to fail. Or we tell ourselves or tell our loved ones, well, don't get your hopes up. How many times have you said that? Well, don't get your hopes up. Or you said it to yourself, don't get your hopes up. Well, shoot, that's a depressing thing, isn't it? I walk around through my whole life not getting my hopes up because I figure it's probably true that I'm not going to have a positive experience right? Half the time when I put out the reboot show, I thought, well, I doubt that a single BC is going to comment on this because I think they've all moved on. And I tell myself, well, be prepared for that. Do it only if you feel like talking, which is true. But that wasn't the case. BCs came and commented and I heard from people and all that, right? But I kind of assumed in the back of my mind, like, well, why bother? Uh, might as well try. Might as well see what happens. Why not assume, hey, BCs are happy to hear from you. New BCs will come along and discover you and love the show. And people who need to tell a story will tell their story or people who feel like they want to comment will comment when they have the time and the inclination. You know, you don't need to worry about it. You just do your best and good stuff will happen. I am not prone to that thought. Let me just do my best and good stuff will happen. It's usually, let me do my best and things aren't gonna happen good anyway. That is my normal pattern. I'll just work really, really hard and prepare to be disappointed. Why is that? 
Well, because sometimes in my life I worked really, 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 really hard and I was disappointed. But guess what? Sometimes I worked hard and good stuff happened. And sometimes good stuff just plain happened out of the blue, whether I worked hard or not. Because it isn't only, excuse my language, shit that happens. Good stuff happens. Good stuff happens too. But I think being a compulsive person who tends to think in the negative and has sort of entrenched my brain into that negative rut, that's where my brain feels comfortable, or at least has been feeling comfortable, is to fall to the negative side of the coin. But that doesn't have to be. You know, how many of you know the saying about like, what is it, about the coward and the brave person? Like the brave person dies just one death the real death, but the coward dies a million deaths because they imagine this, this bad thing over and over and over. So in their mind, they've experienced this bad event before it ever comes to pass. The brave person says, yeah, someday I'm gonna die. So what? I'm just gonna go ahead with what I wanna do anyway. And that's kind of like us species. When we spend so much time preparing ourselves not to be disappointed, when we spend so much time preparing for the worst, making plans for the just in case of bad stuff, we experience bad stuff in our minds over and over and over. What if we decide to prepare for good stuff and good stuff doesn't happen? Oh well. We at least got to live that good stuff over and over and over in our minds, right? And maybe, just maybe, our minds will get so used to the good stuff that we'll smile more, become more positive, chips will lose some of their power, and our whole life will just feel a little bit better. So BCs, today I'm gonna try to let go of expecting the worst, and I'm gonna try to encourage myself to expect the best. Now I'm going to switch gears just a little bit and go from that happy coincidence of my lovely dress to a really tough day for me. Mother's Day just happened in this point in time for this day 137. Mother's Day just happened and it happened to be the first Mother's Day since my mom passed away in the fall. And it was really, really tough on me this year. You know, I knew that this first year would be full of challenging firsts, but this one was an unexpected gut punch. I pondered where to put these feelings, like should I put it into chips and or maybe beer, which is not something I usually run to when I'm feeling sad, but I even considered beer. More survivor reruns, punching my pillow into smithereens, but nothing seemed to help. And finally, I decided to write a blog on compulsiveovereatingdiary.com, which I won't read to you now. And you can go choose to take a peek or not. And I'll put a link to it on today's show notes. But all I want to tell you now is that it was really, really hard for me to write it. And it was very hard for me to post it because my head was just swirling around with self-critical judgments about how I shouldn't be raining on people's Mother's Day parade and I should suck it up. And people are heartily sick by now of my loss. And who wants to read that kind of stuff on Mother's Day? 
you know, current mothers surely don't want to hear about me being sad that it's Mother's Day. They want to enjoy their day. And people who have mothers living, they don't want to hear about, you know, the possibility of their mother is going to be gone. That's a bummer. So I'm thinking, oh, Lori, you are a negative Nelly, and how dare you post these sad feelings on a happy day like Mother's Day. But truth is the truth, and I decided I wanted to put these feelings out in the world in words and not in chips. So I took a deep breath. I felt really, really sick to my stomach with fear, and so I wrote and posted my blog post called My Motherless Day. But you know what? Soon after, Amy from Wisconsin posted some kind words to me that started with, Ah, Lori, I'm sorry that Mother's Day is causing you pain and reminding you of your loss. Then she went on to share some personal things from her own story and thanked me for sharing mine. And I wrote back to her, Oh, Amy, that made such a difference in my day. I just can't express enough my gratitude to you. Big smooches and hugs. And Donnie also took time to express caring, as did Rabbit, who wrote, Sad that holidays can inflict additional pain in our lives at time. Adore your honesty, posting about it. XOXO. And by that time, things had happened, and I was able to reply, Thank you, Rabbit. I appreciate the support. It was a tough day in a year of firsts, I guess. But it was also a fun day. Shortly after I posted this blog, Mark decided he would go with me to my voiced-over workout group and give it a try to see what I've been doing all these years. And that was really brave of him to go to a studio in front of voice talent and do his thing. So my first motherless day is mixed with fond memories, letting go, and new experiences. Your support really does mean the world, as it is most difficult for me to show real when real is perceived by me as negative, XOXOXO. And you know, BCs, it is really hard to deal with grief when the world is celebrating. I think now that this is just another new lesson for me, I can't assume what people are dealing with. I can't know the heart of another, and I hope that this situation teaches me to be less critical and have more compassion for people. If that happens, then my mom would be proud of how her day was celebrated. Last show, I shared how encouraging it is for me and for other BCs to hear from you. And I was over the moon to read soon afterwards several comments from our old friend, the talented BC Dave, who I think may have been binge listening to the reboot episodes. And I wanted to share a few of his comments with you. After day 132 about being grateful to ourselves, he writes, Thank you, Dave, for listening to something wonderfully uplifting. Thank you, Lori, for starting back up again. Thank you to all the BCs, new and old, for being there and sharing. That comment really made me laugh, and I replied, Thank you, Lori, for making friends with awesome people like Dave. Thank you, Dave, for making my day. XOXOXO. Dave also weighs in on the book list idea and asks you BCs a question about the new shows. Dave writes, Welcome to all new BCs. Welcome back to all the longtime BCs. Have all of you who have listened to Lori's old podcast and compared them to her new podcast? I have noticed you, Lori, have more confidence in your voice, says, are full of excitement, feeling, and joy. 
Plus, I noticed all of the other voices you can now express. I think a BC book list or book club would be a great idea, Dave. And I found that really encouraging that Dave heard a difference in my voice and also encouraging that he likes the book list idea. And I'm still up for building a book page if I hear from some more of you. So if you too would like to give and get book recommendations from fellow BCs, just let us know. Dave also took time to greet some new BCs by name. For example, he says, thank you to Mary for the book recommendations. Welcome Lucy, we BCs can be a wild and crazy group. Welcome Rabbit, I'm looking forward to hearing about your creative expressions. Welcome to all others I have missed. And after day 135, where Kevin from New York shared his grief with us, Dave comments, Welcome, Kevin. I am so sorry for your loss. Please know that your pain, sorrow, and grief are real and valid, and you are allowed to feel them as long as you need. In fact, it is best if you choose to feel them and cry your eyes out if that is what you need. And then Dave goes on to support Donnie. Donnie, it is so good to hear from you again. I did not realize how much I miss the BCs. I'm sending you good karma and prayers for you and your doctors and your family. I hope with all my being, you are able to heal quickly. And then Dave goes on to comment about, I talked in that episode a little bit about how even when I was overeating to deal with grief with my mom, <laughs> it wasn't really working very well because I was certainly aware of what I was doing. And so Dave writes, I believe to me, I too am a mindful binge eater. There are times I choose not to experience negative emotions, usually when I'm not in a safe place mentally, and I will overeat to be numb. I have learned that it is not okay to want to be numb all the time. I have learned to experience my negative emotions and analyze what is triggering them and then letting them float away. Treat yourself first with all the love and respect you show others. You are worthy and deserving of it. And whether Dave meant that for me, or for Donnie, or all of you, I'm going to state it for all of us that we should all of us treat ourselves first with all of the love and respect that we show to others because we are worthy and deserving of it. And I say to Dave, Dave, you are a shining star of compassion, support, and friendship. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed hearing from you with your awesome heart and way with words. And I so look forward to your creative self and all you will express in future. In our last show, Mark came on to talk about our anniversary, and I pondered about having shades of gray, you know, the unsexy kind, in my black or white thinking. And Donnie sent in this comment, I love, love, love that I was able to learn a wee bit more about you and the coming of your beautiful, loving marriage. You're such a gem, Lori. Wowza, such funny jokes. <laughs> yeah, I live foolish fun. Hangry, sometimes I think we are twins of a distant life, laughing out loud. You described it nicely. It's funny because I know how I feel, but my husband knows how I act when I reach hangry, and I get really defensive when he comments in it about the meal or timing or whatever, when really I shouldn't because it's real, attitude and all, laugh out loud. One Friday, we went to the seafood buffet. The line was crazy long, seriously, like 45 minutes. Okay, so I totally witnessed another line standard guy go from happy, laughing, joking to hangry. It was really eye-opening to me to see that in someone else. And for my husband to confirm, yes, Donnie, that's what you do, who you become, whoa. The good thing is, I sure try to be more mindful of my status, laughing out loud. Thanks for sharing your life with us, Lori. And Dottie, I love you too, and your way with words. Mwah. 
and I really do. Which brings me to an announcement. I think the reboot so far is going pretty well, but over the last couple of weeks, I've really noticed the comments and the downloads are slowing down. So I'm wondering if it would be better for everyone to release new shows every other week versus weekly. Uh, so I think I'm gonna give that try for the next couple of months. It will give you more time to listen and reply if you so choose, and it will give me more time to focus on what I need to let go of, laughing out loud. So until next time, which will be in a couple of weeks, <laughs> remember to post comments if you want to, call the Bravery Hotline, call for foolish fun, support each other, and expect the best. Take care, BCs, because I really, 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 in the best way, in every way, care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. And there I'll sit, I'll admit that I was only just a guest inside my skin. And by the dawn,